all Americans. They are moving these individuals in. They are encouraging. The DHS secretary has encouraged people to come. He says, we're not saying not to come, just don't come right now. Going against the actual law of America, but moving them in in a world of COVID right now with no testing, putting them throughout this country when our schools can't even open up. Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. That was Kevin McCarthy on Fox News going over Biden's current immigration policies, which pretty much suck. I saw an article from Brett Bart News saying that Biden's administration is restricting senior DHS officials from sharing any border crisis information with reporters. My God, Biden really doesn't like reporters, does he? He doesn't take questions. DHS can't take questions. Jen Psaki can't answer a question. <laughs> so reporters are not having a real great time with this administration so far. In the article, a senior level law enforcement source in DHS told Brett Bart, Texas, that they received verbal orders from within the agency limiting their ability to speak freely about the growing crisis along the border. The official with the knowledge wanted to stay anonymous and spoke under those conditions only because he's not authorized to speak on the matter at all. What he said, I quote, the situation with the media relations now is night and day compared to the last administration. Uh, We have been advised not to speak on immigration issues at the border and to rely on DHS's Office of Public Affairs and the White House Press Office to handle all messaging. Think they're hiding something? (laughs) And to have the White House Press handle it, that means Saki. And you know how that's going to go. We're always going to have to circle back to it. So that's all the answers you're going to get out of there. So you're not going to get any more information out of DHS as far as Biden's concerned because he doesn't want you to know the true conditions of what's happening at the actual border. Man, the news has been very busy once again. But let's go to the Cuomo idiots, Chris and Andrew. Andrew has now had a fifth woman come out making accusations against him. I'm just wondering, where do we stop? At what point does he actually step down and accept what he's done? Besides the fact that he's completely destroyed New York, he's killed thousands of the elderly, and now he's had five women come out and say that he did something inappropriate towards them. You would think that he would step down. But if he's not enough, if that's not enough, stupidity from the Cuomo twins, well, here's another one. Just looking out of the window, watching the asphalt grow, (laughs) thinking how it all looks handy. How do you know the words to good times? You know I'm black on the inside. Good times, anytime you need a baby. So Florida, who, by the way, was a hugely educated, I think she was a Yaley. She was a Yaley and you're an idiot. (laughs) And he's getting a lot of backlash for saying that he's black on the inside. Uh, And Don Lemon, what are you doing, Don? You criticize every single Republican that ever says anything that you perceive as racist or a off-colored comment. You're the first one to jump all over him. Why don't you jump on your buddy there? He's there telling you he's black just because he watches a certain TV program. So now we're going to associate color with what you watch on TV. Well... Chris didn't do so well with that comment. He probably, in his mind, since he's such a simpleton, thought to himself that that's going to win him favor with everybody, that everybody's going to love him, and he's going to be now the black Cuomo. Well, guess what? It didn't go over too well because he's getting massacred by everybody on social media, in the news, everything, for making such an ignorant comment. You just can't make this stuff up with these two. These two brothers are just complete morons. 
one should not be on TV. The other one should definitely not be in charge of anything, not even himself. And they both need to just go away. Another stupid thing that happened is the pro-life evangelicals for Biden. I guess this is a evangelical group that supported Biden. They are pro-life. They ended up writing him a letter because I guess they don't like the way he's handling abortion at the moment. Uh, in their letter, they wrote, We are very disappointed about the COVID-19 relief package exclusion of the Hyde Amendment, a longstanding bipartisan policy that prevents taxpayers' funding for abortion. We're even more upset that Biden's administration is supporting this bill. As pro-life leaders in the evangelical community, we publicly supported President Biden's candidacy with the understanding that there would be engagement with us on the issues of abortion and particularly the Hyde Amendment. <laughs> you guys messed up there. The Biden team wanted to talk to us during the campaign to gain our support. And we gave it on the condition there would be active dialogue and common ground solutions on the issues of abortion. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there has been no dialogue since the campaign. Gee, you think, did you really think that was going to work out? This is just stupid. Uh, they continue. Uh, we feel used and betrayed and have no intentions of simply watching these kinds of efforts happen from the sidelines. Many evangelicals and Catholics took risks to support Biden publicly. President Biden and the Democrats need to honor their courage. We call on the president to honor his commitment to us and immediately demand the House of Representatives apply the Hyde language to the American Relief Package. This is no time for radical change to longstanding abortion policy. We also, I'm not going to go through all the names here. They call on a bunch of Democrats in the House um, and say to oppose this bill as it stands and demand the Hyde Amendment be included. Then they get tough. This is, this is, uh, I mean, oh man, Joe Biden's really going to be worried about this one. Uh, then they say, if this is not done, it will raise the question of whether or not we are still welcome in the Democratic Party. Oh, <laughs> I can tell you right now, you don't need to wait for Biden's response. I can answer it for you. If you are pro-life, you're not welcome there anyway. So you just answered your own question. Good job. Also, I would like to point out, if you are an evangelical or a Catholic, if you believe in abortion, that's kind of against what you believe in, you know, that pesky little thing called the Bible. So you may want to go and reread that, and then you may not want to be part of their organization anyways. You people really need to wake up. Um, I don't know about you, but I actually like Richard Grinnell. Richard Grinnell said that he is possibly or at least considering running for California when they recall Newsom. He was on Newsmax and makes a great point. We all know Biden is not running the White House. That's kind of a no-brainer. We all know that he's just an empty suit. He's a shell. He's a puppet. And everybody else behind him is pulling the strings, which is why he hasn't done a press conference. He's not allowed to answer any questions. You don't see him out in public. They put him away. On his good days, he's allowed to come out of the basement and make a few comments and dance on stage for him like they tell him to. And then they stick him back in his box. But Richard Grinnell was on Newsmax giving his opinion of who he actually believes is running the White House right now. So here's that interview. 
President Susan Rice is doing a great job. She's uh, literally behind the scenes just pulling all the strings and nobody's paying attention. Um, it's a joke that we think that she's not running foreign policy. Uh, we know she is. Uh, they wanted her to be Secretary of State, but she didn't have the votes last time or this time. She almost became Vice President, but now we've got the Vice President up in the Senate really uh, distracted by the 50-50. And so uh, if we don't get more... Uh, kind of media attention and scrutiny on what Susan Rice is doing, I think uh, we're really doing a disservice to the American people. We, you can see, Benny, you can see that, that Joe Biden doesn't have a command of the foreign policy issues, he doesn't have a command of even calling world leaders. Now we're told that you know Kamala Harris has been uh, getting tutoring sessions for a couple of weeks, and now she's up to speed and taking world leaders calls. Um, look, we're back to consensus. This is the, the whole word that the Democrats love to throw around like we're supposed to be loved by the rest of the world. Consensus just means that Europe has signed off on our, on our policies. And that's not what America First is all about. And the American people, I think, want America First policies. They've seen that the benefit of getting involved in these policies means that we don't have a lot of wars. We don't start new wars. We bring our troops home. We still build up the military to have the best military in the world in case we need it, but we don't pick fights around the world. And we certainly don't um, do things like what we've done, race towards the Iranians and repackage some hit on the, the Saudis. Um, I, I think that what we saw these last two weeks was uh, a terrible policy compounded by the media in Washington completely giving them a pass. Yeah, I mean, no one knows this arena better than you. You were a master at navigating. You were a na master at navigating the di diplomatic circles in the Trump administration. We have about 30 seconds left. Can you tell us about Ambassador Rice? Can you tell us about Susan Rice? What's happening here? What is she doing? And how can we stop the damage that's happening right now to the America First agenda? Look, her goal uh, from when she was at the U.N. is to be loved by all these other countries. So the policies are literally going to be uh, how do we get Europe or the, the Latin America or uh, China to sign off on our policies because they'd rather win a vote of popularity and go to a whole bunch of dinner parties than they would lead on foreign policy. They don't like it when other countries complain. And the word is out now, Benny. You don't like a policy that Biden has from another country. Just complain about it and they'll dial it back immediately. Yeah, the cocktail circuit, a poisonous circuit in Washington, D.C. Their cocktails aren't any good, by the way, and these people are boring. Okay, can we just admit that together? Rick and, Rick and Benny admit these people are boring. All right. Yes. Again, that was Richard Grinnell on Newsmax. And we all know Biden's not running the show. And it's so nice to see that. Instead of being tough like Trump would do and we'd go in there and we'd make sure that whatever policies you have, we benefit from as well. It can be mutual. You get as much out of it as we do, but we have to get the same as you or more or we're not doing it that way. They're just shutting all that down now. Now we're back to that apologetic tour like Obama took. And, you know, we're sorry for being the superpower and we love everybody. And if we did anything that offends you, oh my gosh, we'll stop it right now because we know what a terrible orange man bad leader we had. Give me a break. 
If you love this country, it should be us first. Take care of everybody here first. Make sure everybody is well taken care of, has good paying jobs, everybody's eating every night, and then once we're situated, go help out the rest of the world. You know, I still don't understand what's wrong with being the best, but apparently to the Democrats, since they're miserable and maybe they never were the best, they just don't want to see anybody succeed. That would include all of us. This next one I'm about to go over could be a little bit difficult for the kids. So parents, you might want to close your kids' ears because this one, it's it's dangerous. Uh, but here we go. Pepe Le Pew has been cut from the Warner Brothers new Space Jam movie sequel. The iconic Looney Tunes cartoon character Pepe Le Pew has been axed from the upcoming Warner Brothers theatrical sequel Space Jam's A New Legacy starring LeBron James. It's already going to suck just because he's in it according to reports. A scene where the cartoon character hits on a woman, gets a drink thrown on him, uh, and has a restraining order filed against him has been cut from Space Jam's sequel according to the report by Deadline. Deadline detailed, Pepe was set to appear in a black and white Casablanca-like Ricky's Cafe sequel. That's a great movie, Casablanca. Uh, Pepe, playing a bartender, starts hitting on a woman at the bar. He begins kissing her arm, which she pulls back, then slamming Pepe into the chair next to hers. She then pours her drink on Pepe and slaps him hard, sending him spinning in a stool, which is then stopped by LeBron James' hand. James and Bugs Bunny are looking for Lola, and Pepe knows her whereabouts. Pepe then tells the guys that Penelope Cat has filed a restraining order against him. James makes a remark in the script that Pepe can't grab other tunes without their consent. Jesus. It just gets worse every single time. Upon learning her scene with Pepe Le Pew was cut from Space Jam's sequel, the actress was upset. Santos says she was a victim of sexual harassment herself and reportedly took joy in shooting the scene because Pepe got his. So if cancel culture wasn't enough, we went from Dr. Seuss to Pepe Le Pew. I'm sure we're going to keep going down the list. It's never going to end. It does, you know, get to the point where you go, okay, well, every joke that has ever been told by any comedian ever obviously is going to offend somebody somewhere. So why don't we just jump the gun and we'll just cancel literally everything. Take all comedy out and everything. Life will be good and boring. Nothing's fun anymore. Nobody's laughing at anything anymore because everybody's offended by every stupid little thing that arises. It is pure insanity. Okay, the uh, $1.9 trillion relief package originally passed the House went to the Senate. The Senate has now made their corrections to it. Um, They've only made unemployment. It's $300 instead of $400, but they extended it a month or so. So, I mean, you're arguing over pennies here. They took the $15 minimum wage out, so that will not be there. And then you had Schumer and Pelosi and everybody going on stage, beating their chest, talking about what a great job they did while trying to give you the illusion that all the money is going to the American people which I assure you, it is absolutely not. 9% of the bill, 9%, is going towards relief for the people that need it. 1% is going towards vaccines. 90% of that bill of $1.9 trillion is going towards Democratic special interests in other countries, in saving their cities, 
and all kinds of other stuff they fluffed it with. Now, I know if you believe that the $1,400 is enough and you don't really care what's in the package, you really should care what's in the package because it's coming out of your taxes. Remember, nothing is free. The government doesn't actually have any money. It's based off of what you pay them every day. So with that being said, you are paying for this one way or the other because it's coming directly out of our taxes. Let me give you another thought. If they could waste that much money on all their special interests, why stop at $1,400 for each family under $150,000 or individual under $75,000? Why not give them more? Why not fluff the amount you're giving the American people up instead of fluffing the amount that you're giving up towards your special interests? Because they don't care about you. $1,400 does what? If you're broke, $1,400 might pay some people's mortgage payment. It might give you one additional month that you don't have to worry about, you know, looking for another home or getting kicked out, or it might buy you that little bit of time to look for a job. Maybe it catches up your car payments so they don't take your car. The point is they're acting like they're doing something life-altering for you. Like this $1,400 is going to be the biggest change for you in your entire life. And it's not going to do anything for the majority of people that get it. Anybody who's lost a business, who's lost a home, who's lost a relative, who's anything. $1,400 is not going to do anything for you. I personally would rather not have it. I'd rather them not even give it out. I'd rather them actually pump the money into the people that lost their jobs, the people that lost their businesses, and don't give it to anybody that doesn't need it. But that's way too complicated for the government. They don't care that much because they're getting what they want out of it. So it's like, here's your little scrap, pat you on the head, you're a good little puppy, and there's your money. The government is not your friend. Don't ever believe they're your friend because they are not. The government should be much smaller than it is. They have way too much power already. We have given up too much to them, and they need to be reined in. And the only way you're going to do that is through holding them accountable, Fiscal responsibility and putting the right people in the right places. So you got to vote in the right people. And voting is going to depend heavily on whether or not they pass that HR1 bill. Because if they do pass that and it actually goes through, I don't think too many people are going to have confidence in voting in this country anymore, period. And if all that's not enough, the Washington Journal reported they're looking to enact universal basic income. Um, Part of the opinion piece was under the guise of the pandemic relief, the federal government would give a non-working single parent with two preschool age children and one in a grade school $850 a month. This would come on top of other government benefits, including $680 a month in food stamps, amounting to a whopping $18,360 in combined annual income. So in other words, for all of us working people, our tax money can now go to people who do not want to work because that's what basic income is. We're going to give people who do not want to work a basic income and then you just stay at home and you know, you collect your $18,000 in a year and uh, life's good, I guess. You know, if you're happy making 18 grand a year, depending on where you live, that might be good. It might be bad. I can't imagine that's good in too many places, but that is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're going to use our taxpayer dollars to pay people to sit at home and do nothing while the rest of us go out there, bust our butts to earn every dollar we get. 
and they're just going to take our tax money and give it to people who are lazy and don't want to do anything? Because basic income is not the same as unemployment. If you're unemployed, you had a job, you lost your job, Uncle Sammy's going to help you out for a short period of time while you're in that transition period looking for another job. This is a whole different ballgame. This is we're just going to give you money. We don't make money. You cannot continue to print money. That is not the way the system works, and they know this. The only reason you would do something like that is the same reason you do the COVID relief bill is the same reason you keep spending, spending, spending is you are trying to crash our economy. You want it to fail. And the Democrats do. It's all part of the Great Reset. Please, if you do not know about the Great Reset, go back in my timeline. I've done a couple episodes on it. One of them is literally named the Great Reset. Listen to it. It gives you a good idea of what is coming. They want to turn this into a one-world, basically, communist China. They want to run the economy the same way, but it's going to be a global economy. All will be laid to waste. And I know for some people, it's all conspiracy theories, and there's no way that they could pull this off or that off. They already have. They're doing it right under your nose. You don't even see it. The Great Reset has been in process for at least a decade, and maybe even longer. That is their end game. That is their goal. That's where they want this world to be. There will be the ruling class and there will be the rest of us. I've said that so many times, but it is as true as the first time I said it. You have to wake up. You have to pay attention. You have to do the things that you need to do to stop it. One of the best things to stop stuff like this is going to be voting the right people in the right places. It's also going to depend heavily on where do you put your money. I'm not saying boycotting and all that. That's not where I'm going with it. But like me, I don't support people who support stuff like that. It's hard not to use any of these services. You can't get away from some of them. Uh, you know, Amazon's internal server, they don't just do Amazon products. Probably half the stuff you buy online runs through their servers. So you're using them one way or the other, but you can limit it as much as possible. Spend your money locally. Support small business because one of the models of the Great Reset is they need all small business to be out of the way. Thus, COVID-19, the catalyst for the Great Reset. What has been impacted the most? You haven't seen any of these big retailers go down. It's all the mom and pop joints, the mid-sized, the small companies. Those are the ones that are being put out of business. But all the conglomerates, all the big companies, they've been making money hand over fist. They're not hurt by this pandemic Hasn't hurt them at all, but that's, again, part of the plan. It'll be the ruling class. It'll be all the big companies. Everybody else won't have that opportunity. Why do you think when those people found the loophole for GameStop, they stopped them from making money because they said, oh, no, 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 you can't be part of this. You're not allowed to be rich. We control that. You have to wake up. You have to pay attention. You have to tell people around you. You got to inform everybody. The best way to combat this is everybody needs to know what's coming. And if everybody knows what's coming and we all stand united, it may be a battle, but in the end, we will be victorious. That about wraps it up for me. If you like what you're hearing, please tell some people about me. If you want to reach out to me, Gmail, L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N at gmail.com. I'm at Joe Little on Parlor, Clout Hub, uh, Little Joe CC, Gab, Little Joe's Corner, Twitter at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. God bless. Have a great Tuesday.